Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and always, always happy you're listening. Well, last week I spoke a little bit about the Trump case in New York and and I expressed my opinions on there and I made a comment, something to the effect of, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer in, in the same way I'm not a doctor and then talked about the things that we talked about during COVID and so on and so forth. And I just, um, had this audio been available when I recorded the last show, I probably would have used it. But, um, in fact, really what I wanted to use was some audio that, um, that Alan Dershowitz had on Cudlow. Cudlow had Alan Dershowitz on the very next day after I used the, the audio from Alina Haba, uh, one of Trump's attorneys. And, and so, you know, Alan Dershowitz, first of all, is a liberal. He's, he, he doesn't, he's not a Trump fan. Okay. He always votes for Democrats, but he's a very well-respected lawyer. Uh, he's generally considered a constitutional scholar. Uh, he's from Harvard. I mean, the guy is a legend. Okay. And I just wanted to play a little bit of what he talked about because he said, almost the exact same thing I said. And I'm, I'm not bragging or anything. I don't, want to, I don't want to be construed as bragging. But I just think it's annoying when you analyze something and somebody says to you, well, you're not a lawyer. What do you know? Or you're not a doctor. What do you know? And it, it just goes to show you that you don't have to be a lawyer or a doctor to comment on things or an economist for that matter. These things are, the world is, is, is very logical place. It, it makes sense logically. And when things don't make sense, there's usually uh, something rotten in Denmark, so to speak. And it's really just not that complicated. I mean, obviously, if I was going to go to court, you know, the state is prosecuting me for something, I would have a lawyer. I would not be representing myself. I, I forgot what the saying is. Something like there's no fool like the fool who represents himself in a lawsuit or whatever or in a trial. And so I, I wouldn't, I'm not advocating that. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But it's, it, it's not hard to review something legally that's happening in a courtroom or it's happening in a legal discussion and have legitimate comments on it. Comments that are grounded in some sort of jurisprudence or legal history or common law history or something like that. So I just wanted to play today. I'm, I'm probably going to keep today's show short. The Cowboys are playing the San Francisco Giants. 49ers, excuse me, not the Giants, the 49ers, and I want to watch a little bit of that. But I just, I couldn't resist playing Alan Dershowitz and letting you hear 
what he says about it because he is a lawyer. In fact, he's a damn good lawyer and a legal scholar, a professor at Harvard Law. I mean, the guy is, like I said, a legend. So without delay, I'm going to jump into this Alan Dershowitz interview and play some of it for you. And I'll get back to you on the other side here. His license essentially to operate New York and that of his sons is taken away. What are the odds of an appeal being successful? Well, I think there's a chance that they could be successful in the federal court. Uh, this is, after all, a taking uh, without mm-hmm. due process. This is taking property away from him um, based on what seemed to me to be uh, speculative um, uh, assumptions. So um, I think he will appeal. Um, will he get a fair appeal in front of the appellate division or the New York Court of Appeals? That remains to be seen. I think it's more likely that he'd get a fair shot at the appellate level than at the trial level. Yeah, so Alan Dershowitz is clearly stating that this is a takings uh, situation. And you cannot take property or... You can't take stuff away from individuals in America without due process. So, yes, this will get appealed. And yes, Donald Trump will prevail. Now, he might not prevail in the first appeal. I don't know what the path of the appellate court system is in the Northeastern District of the United States. But certainly there are more liberal judges in some districts than in others. But eventually, and Trump has the resources, eventually Trump will prevail because this is illegal, (laughs) what they're doing to him. And all these people that run around and say, oh, Trump's a fraud and he's, he's this and he's broken so many laws. And they have, not, they have not produced a law yet that he has broken. This is some, simply the government harassing an individual citizen of the United States, using the legal system to harass somebody. And you can't do that. In fact, the government, look, this is a... Uh, maybe a good time to bring this up. The government is supposed to be calling balls and strikes. They're supposed to be like an umpire in a baseball game or a referee on the field. They're not supposed to be influencing the game. And this is exactly what's happening. This is, this is what Donald Trump has been saying. Hey, look, these guys are trying to uh, limit my speech. They're trying to get me wrapped up in some legal battle, all to keep me running for president. Well, that's that's influencing the game, okay? If the man broke a law, then fine, indict him and prosecute him. But there's the only thing that he's even close to have been, it, it looks like to me, just again, no lawyer here, but just as a, an observer, uh, the the only case that he's got real legal jeopardy on are these documents that he kept at Mar-a-Lago. And the only reason he has any legal jeopardy there, and I mentioned this in yesterday's uh, program too, is because his attorneys have flipped on him. They've, they've turned state's evidence against him, which is highly unusual, highly unusual. That never happens. And so you've got... Uh, and who knows? Maybe they're being paid off. We don't know. But I can just tell you that attorneys never, ever, ever, never 
do that to their clients ever. So that even looks very suspicious to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people get disbarred or if there's some sort of sanctions brought against those attorneys or something, because that is highly irregular. So essentially, the government is just harassing this gentleman, the, the, the former president, so that he won't run or he can't run or that he's so distracted that he doesn't run a good campaign and loses or, or whatever, or runs afoul of some gag order or something that, uh, that is explicitly put against him, let's say. Like he could, he could, he could violate some judge's order for a gag order, which is, I think, illegal, but he could do it, and then they could hold him in, t- in contempt of court, for example. And they, I think they could get away with that. But they're just not going to get away with this other stuff because he broke no laws. I mean, they are twisting the laws into all kinds of knots to make it look like he broke the law. And we're going to get into some of the details here in just a second when uh, Alan Dershowitz brings up those details. Have you encountered any other cases? I mean, I think to me, just my vague coverage of New York real estate, it's very common to want to look beautiful to your lenders and pretty poor and miserable to the IRS um, or anybody trying to take tax from you. That dichotomy is something that's very common. Have there been other cases like this or is this unique? I don't think there's ever been a case quite like this. The the Mar-a-Lago case puts it in perspective. Um, The judge implied, he he, he talked around it and he cited the assessments that were done uh, by Palm Beach uh, assessors um, of 18 to 27 and a half million dollars. I think you and I should pull our money and buy it then sell it the next day for 20 times that amount. I mean, it's an absurd figure even to mention in an opinion. Um, nobody would take that that uh, seriously. It's obviously worth uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, not not $27 million. Now, uh, you know, it may be assessed at $27 million, but uh, I've, awful, I've also offered to buy the judge's own personal home in New York for what is assessed at for tax purposes. Nobody yep. sells based on the tax uh, assessment. And so that's why banks hire at extraordinary expenses to them some of the best real estate assessors and accountants to do their own due diligence. Nobody counted or relied on this, which is the argument that his lawyers tried to make and were rebuked for. Almost every case that they have against Donald Trump is something that they've never tried before. <laughs> this is how you know, this is one of the ways you know, that it's all a bunch of you know BS, bullshit. I mean, they are trying to keep him from running for president again. That's it. It's it, Everybody knows it. And the, like I said last night, the clearer and clearer this becomes to the voting public, the higher Donald Trump moves up in the polls. I mean, they are creating, it's, it's very ironic actually that they don't want Donald Trump to run for president. And so they're using the state illegitimately, I might add, to keep him uh, down, if you will, to, to try to create uh, criminal jeopardy for him. 
And the more they do that, the more the population wants to elect him as president again. And I think that that's just, that's an, un, an amazing irony, actually. Um, it's actually, there's something that Alan Dershowitz talks about here about, you know, the difference between an assessed value and then what you actually sell your home for or whatever it is, whatever the property is. And I've actually made this, I've actually made this claim or this, this argument to my tax assessor in Brazoria County because, you know, you know they, they always want to raise it. Now, it's a lot different on a house. You don't have this kind of disparity, disparity uh, in your house prices. Your, your assessed value is probably a little closer to what you could sell your house for. They usually get behind uh, a little bit as prices go up, and then they're usually slow to come down when prices go down. But I went to my tax assessor one time, and I said, hey, look, how do you know my house is worth this much? I mean, we, we don't actually know until we sell it. And they said, well, we have this, you know, we have this process. And I went, okay, you got a process, but shouldn't, shouldn't your process kind of be conservative since you, we really don't know. You don't know, I don't know, none of us really know. And I think the interesting thing here is in Palm Beach County, where they're assessing the value of, of, uh, Donald Trump's property at Mar-a-Lago for $27.5 million, clearly that's very conservative. And, and I think, wow, that's pretty great that the, the local government there is not dinging him uh, for what that property could be assessed at, you know, because that's, that's their lifeblood, the tax revenue they collect um, from the people there. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. I'd if Palm Beach County wasn't so expensive, maybe I should go move there. You know, sounds like they got pretty fair uh, government going on there. But Alan Dershowitz brings up a, a great point. He, he's he's talking about two different parties, right? There's the there's the bankers that Trump wants to borrow money from, and he's saying, "Hey, this is the value of the property that I want to borrow against." It's like a home equity loan, right? And and the tax assessor has a different value, right? We just talked about they they seem very fair, you know, they're they're not they're not trying to get every little taxable piece of value out of that property from Donald Trump, which is I think is great. But these are two different entities and they don't they don't talk to one another. And one doesn't have anything to do with the other. I mean, one uh, scheme exists for the purposes of collecting taxes. And the other, the other thing is a voluntary agreement, uh, where somebody asks for a loan and puts up some collateral to, to, uh, to back the loan, which happens all the time, by the way. And I, I think Alan Dershowitz makes a case here later that the banks spend a great deal of money hiring people that are experts on the valuation of properties. So they're not the victim here. I mean, are they arguing or is the state of New York arguing that the tax assessor collector in Palm Beach County is the victim? I mean, who actually is the victim? And the answer to that question is obviously there is no victim here. The victim is Donald Trump and his family 
and the harassment that that's happening to them from our government. They're the ones that are the victims. Nobody was hurt here. Uh, there was no intent to hurt anybody. There's no victim here. And generally, the uh, state attorney general would be better advised to go after and protect real victims. Why is the state attorney general protecting large banks that have the ability to protect themselves? Uh, they're the last people that need the protection of the attorney general of New York. So this is purely 100 percent political and partisan. I think there's no doubt about it at this point that it's purely political and partisan. And like I said, I think every time one of these entities does this, whether it's the federal government or some corrupt government like the state of New York, they, you know, perpetrate these, these uh, witch hunts to use Trump's term uh, against the uh, Donald Trump or the Trump organization, his polls go up. I mean, it's like, it's so, it's such a beautiful thing actually, because they're trying to legitimately disqualify Trump from running for president. And they're trying to, and believe me, they have spent a lot of time looking into this guy and they can't find anything legitimate to prosecute him on. And so they, they, create all these witch hunts, right? But the problem is every time they do it, he goes up in the polls. I mean, he gets more and more popular with the people and the people start to recognize that, oh yeah, my government is corrupt and I need to stick my finger in their eye and show them that I know they're corrupt. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to elect Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. That's what people are relegated to because, you know, look, it, it, it's a very powerful government that we live under. There is no way. I mean, you can march in the streets and let them shoot rubber bullets at you and have them spray bear spray in your eyes and things like that. And you can risk getting shot or risk getting beat up or something like that. And you can, you can do that. The, the constitution gives you the right to do that to uh, protest your government for a redress of grievances. But have you noticed that nothing ever happens? Have you noticed that people do that and get hurt and get killed and, and you know, it ruins their lives somehow like the people on January 6th. So, you know, we, we have an illegitimate government, really. We have a government that's supposed to be for of and by the people and it, it's not working that way anymore. It's not a, a, a self-governing government anymore. We have, we have some sort of oligarchy or uh, some sort of, um, yeah, oligarchy slash totalitarian managerial state that is completely out of control, has way too much power, uh, takes way too many resources from the economy, both from individuals as taxes and also just the way it just puts its thumb on the scale in the economy and, and demands so many resources and causes entire lines of business uh, businesses to grow up around the financial influence that the government has. So we've got, we got major problems and I don't know if Trump, you know, if he's learned his lesson and if he's elected president now, will he put good people in his cabinet, people that are aligned with his thinking, 
Will he actually try to tear down some of these, you know, tyrannical edifices that we have in these institutions that are just completely out of control? I, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, but certainly if Joe Biden is reelected or some other Democrat is elected, uh, nothing's going to happen. We're going to go right back to the way things were and nothing, nothing will change. I don't know if anything can change even under Donald Trump, but I suppose I would have to admit that there's better likelihood of change under something like Donald Trump than there would be under any Democrat. So with that, although I, just for the record, I think all of them are bad. Okay. I, I want government to be as small as possible. Like, like I'd like for the government in, in, in Washington, DC to be as small as the government is in Delaware or something like that. I mean, I want it to be very, 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 very small. And so clearly we're not going to get my way. That's not going to happen. So I guess Maybe I should hope that Donald Trump gets reelected. I don't know. The libertarian in me does not want that to happen because I just don't believe he knows enough to to take on the government. I think he's just gonna. I think it's gonna be another four years of impeachment and you know har- harassment and so on and so forth to to kind of neutralize his effect on government. I really think that's what's going to happen. And so do I want to go through that again? Not so much. I think that's done a lot of damage to our society, our body politic. And, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe he'll actually do something better this time. Anyway, we don't know the future. We'll just have to see how things play out. I wanted to play Alan Dershowitz though for you because he is a lawyer and, uh, I thought it was interesting that his comments were pretty much along the same lines as mine uh, were both yesterday and today. And so I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, If you did keep coming back and listening, appreciate it. Uh, Share the show. If you can Uh, share it to somebody, share it to somebody who's a Democrat, you know, probably help, help them. um, I don't know. You know, so a lot of these Democrats are not, they're beyond help really, but um but keep coming back. That's what I really want you to do. Keep coming back and listening. And let's all get a better understanding of what's going on with our government and, and try, to get a, uh, try to understand what it really is, right? That's, that's the goal, is to really understand what the government is. And let's not live in fantasy land about who the government is, what it does, what it's up to, why it does what it does. You know, let's, let's, let's be grounded in some sort of reality and look at the world the way it actually is. All right, well, that's it for today. Thanks for coming in. Peace.